Hello and welcome to the PK Soccer Youth Coaching Podcast with me, Paul Kelshaw. During this time, I will be discussing many topics surrounding the youth game and what people like myself are doing to improve the standards of coaching, player development, spectator understanding and personal growth, especially here in the US. I'll be giving my opinion as well as talking to friends, colleagues, past and present, who have had a positive impact on my own personal coaching development but whom I also believe are having a positive impact in the game today. Today I am joined by my friend Oscar Barrientos. Oscar is a youth soccer coach and volunteer firefighter from Inwood, New York with Guatemalan roots. Oscar is a graduate of John Jay College of Criminal Justice in New York City and holds a USSFD license. As a youth player, Oscar represented Lawrence High School and won a state championship with his club team, Hewlett Lawrence. I first met Oscar when I hired him as a trainer for PK Soccer, essentially to assist me in the coaching duties with the intramural program at Hewlett Lawrence, where I am the DOC. In today's episode, we discuss the opportunities Oscar was given to play club soccer, college soccer, and the beginning of his youth soccer coaching career. We also talk about how he has helped the Hispanic and Latino communities of his hometown of Inwood, New York. Hi, Oscar. Thank you for joining me tonight. How are you doing? Hey, Paul. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing really good. If you could give us a a brief introduction into your playing career. Um, Well, so um, I, uh, you know, I played in local clubs, you know, since I was little, played at a at Limbrook, um, played, played, uh, I finished my career playing for Hugh Lawrence under Brad Metz, um, later went off to go play college soccer at uh, John Jay College out in, uh, out in the city. So if we go back to um, your Hewlett Lawrence days, because that's what has, has connected us and kept us in contact, Go back to um, you probably well you're the last and you'll probably be you're the last team to win a state championship for Hewlett Lawrence. Um, whether you were the first, I'm not too sure, but I definitely think there's a good chance you could be the last, um, especially with the current landscape. You could just go back back to that time period of, of that team uh, and just tell us about that experience. Well, um, I, I joined the club um, back when I was a junior in high school. Um, you know, before that, I would I would you know always message um, Brian, the head coach. You know, I'd always email asking if they were having tryouts, and he would always tell me to come down. But somehow, you know, I would probably I would push that off because you know I'd have another buddy of mine tell me to go to this club or you know come play here, but. Um, I had a couple kids that I played high school varsity soccer with. Um, they told me to come, you know, come practice with us if you like it. You know, you can sign up. So I, um, at the time, they were doing this tournament out at an indoor facility. This was in the winter, um, out in Freeport in the league. So I went out there and I, you know, I played. And you know, Brian came up to me and he said, you know, listen, you're you're a good soccer player. I want you to come play for us. I said okay. And I had a couple buddy of mine. I had a you know 
good good close friends that played already in the team. So I said, you know, why not? You know, I'll go play out there, you know, see how it is. So um, that first season, I remember this because uh, our first game, we went, we played Albertson. And at the time, Albertson was this big club. You know, everyone was afraid of them because they're academy. So we put in, you know, we were just a bunch of, you know, local kids. So we pulled up and I think we beat them, I guess, I think 2-0 or 3-0, something like that. Um, you know, so, you know, that's how that's how I got on that team, just by connections I had in, from high school and everything. Well, that's good to hear because one of the reasons I wanted to talk about that is because um, that was two or three years probably before I became DOC of the club, but that there were opportunities for local players from, um, you know, one thing I found with, with Hewlett Lawrence is we may not have as many players from the Lawrence district, but there are still, there are still players. And it is, I do like to see, hear a story that, you know, that there was an opportunity for you to play um, for Hewlett Lawrence and, the fact that 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 team won the the state championships well, is a credit credit to the boys on the team and probably the good work as well of Brian. So, mm-hmm. if um, like for many Hewlett Lawrence players, especially the the boys are looking at opportunities to play college soccer but still play for a local club. Can you explain to us how you got involved in playing college soccer with John Jay? So uh, my senior year, the beginning of my senior year, um, I was playing for the varsity team in Lawrence. And, you know, I was also trying to focus myself on, you know, what am I going to do after high school? You know, where am I going to go to school? You know, so um, I started looking out for schools that interest me on my degree. So what I wanted to go study, I wanted to go study criminal justice. So I saw, um, you know, there was a couple of uh, schools that were local. I know uh, Malloy has a criminal justice program. Um, so I applied to Malloy. Um, there was a, a school um, upstate, I think is, uh, I forgot the name of the school. And then there was a school um, in the city, John Jay, that was, that's known for criminal justice. So um, I put my applications in for, for those three schools. Um, I sent the coach an email and we were emailing, I think we emailed a couple of times back and forth. Um, he asked me for, um, you know, um, this is before, I guess, you know, people started, you know, the highlights were really big like right. nowadays. So he asked me for the schedule for, you know, for for my spring season. So I, I sent about the, the schedule for my for the spring season, you know, when I was still playing for Hewlett. And he told me he would, he would try to come out to make it to, to, to a game. So I said, okay. Um, and uh, I also sent him uh, uh, for the fall as well. But, you, you know, that fall it was when the hurricane hit. So it, it, was, uh, it was hard for him to come out because our, our league, our season ended early. Um, but, you know, I kept in contact with him. Uh, and then, you know, I ended up getting into that school. So I, I informed him, you know, I'm going into that school. I'm going, I'm officially going to John Jay. I put my deposit down, you know, everything. He said, okay, wonderful. And then that's how I kind of got my foot into the door for any college, you know, sports, just, you know, sending emails to him. So even though, like you said, now people are sending um, 
you know, have their own YouTube channels and social media channels, you know, showing them play and they're hiring professional videographers to, to film them playing the, you know, it's not that long ago that, you know, you could send an email to, to a head coach, you know, and they would want to come and see your play. Uh, and you, um, you know, as long as your grades were good and you could get into the school, you'd have a, an opportunity to play. I think that's a really um, good message to, to send out, especially to, to like the local players in, our, in the Hewlett-Lawrence area and for the whole of Nassau County, Long Island, for that matter, that, you know, you can, you want to play college soccer, then you can I play for your, for your local club, local team, you know, work hard, do well at school, and you know you will have a chance to you know to play college soccer. Was there any kind of then? So you were officially on the team, or were there tryouts once you were on campus? So, um, so what happened was, um, I guess this coach, when I informed them that um, I was going to that school officially, he put me down as one of his incoming. Uh, freshmen, incoming recruits. So um, what they do every summer is they host, I guess it's called captain practices. So these are, I guess, like little summer workouts where you would go play either pickup or go do some fitness work, you know, with the players, no coaches, no nothing. You just go, you know, with the players, like a pickup. So I, I got in contact with the coach, with the captain at the time, who's, a, who's still a good friend of mine right now. Um, you know, we met up in the city at uh, one of the piers to just go play pickup. So we did that and we just started playing pickup. And I guess, uh, you know, one, they saw me play and I guess the captain kind of, you know, gave, gave the head coach a shout saying, Hey, listen, this kid's really good. Like, you know, he's a good asset. So, okay. So they had their, their annual, you know, before I guess tryout started, preseason started, they had a meeting to just see, you know, if everyone's physical was in, if everyone had the right documents, all that. So I show up and then um, uh, we show up and then we get some news that, you know, the head coach that I was talking to is no longer there. He ended up going somewhere else. So now I got this brand new coach that I never met, I never talked to. He doesn't even know who I am. And then I got to introduce myself, tell him, hey, listen, I got in contact with uh with the old coach, you know, um, I'm not sure if he passed any information along to you, but I just told him I was coming in. I'm a, I'm a brand new guy. You know, I'm hoping to, to play. He said, yeah, okay, okay, okay. He, he, you know, normal. He just, he, I guess he was just overwhelmed with like, you know, trying to take over right. the realms because, but, uh, so that, that the head coach I got in contact with ended up going somewhere else. So we got a, a good, co uh, a brand new coach and, you know, someone I never talked to and I wasn't sure, I wasn't, really comfortable for him at the moment because I didn't know if, you know, if he was going to bring me along to the team because he didn't, he didn't know my background. He didn't know, you know, the communications right, right. I had with the previous coach. But, uh, but luckily, you know, I, uh, I still got on the team and I played, but it was just like, you know, for a young kid, you know, you you're turning, I was 16 at turning 17 at the time. I was just like, Oh, who is, you know, what's going to happen? Like, you know, I came to the school cause I wanted to play and study, but, you know, what happens if he doesn't want to bring me along to the team or whatever, you know? So I was kind of worried for a little bit. Yeah, well, I could imagine as well that you've, um, I'm sure you learned something out, 
something about the coach, their style of play, what they're about, their past record, and then it's a brand new guy and you don't know where you stand. I could I could see that being a you know, a challenge. How did playing college soccer compare to club soccer on Long Island? Especially uh the type of sessions, training sessions. Um so um I didn't really see a, a big uh a big difference between college and you know Long Island. The only the only difference I saw was just the more tactical um version, you know, because when you play Long Island you just show up, you know, you you do your you do your normal, you know, practices during the week, you know, you focus on your style of play, you focus on, you know, you know, what's gonna happen, who we're playing, you know, what the record is. But that's basically all. No one really does scouting on, you know, these local leagues. No one goes out to other games to go scout on them. These are just looking at the record, oh, they beat this team this weekend. We beat them, you know, by this much. All right, so let's focus on, you know, not letting the score or trying to score depending on what their goal difference was. That was basically when I was growing up, that was basically the Long Island, you know, junior scout report. Yeah. You just see what the record is and how many goals right, score. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, you don't you don't really send somebody out there to go look at their practices. But in college, you know, you you have, you know, I had four coaches. I had the head coach, I had you know, and you know, either two assistant coach and a goal goalkeeper coach, or you know, a fitness coach. So, so we would have you know when we would play uh, one of the you know there would be a game. You know, at a different location where one of the assistant coaches would go look at it. If it was a, it was a you know a conference rival, you know. Yeah. They would, so they would go out there. They would go see. Oh, okay, they got this kid. This kid's really good on the ball. Oh, they got this kid. This kid plays through the middle. You know, he's the he's the guy who sets up everything. So, you know, when we're gonna play a team and we have kind of like a, a scout report, you know, we focus on on that. So that's I guess that was the main difference. You know, at the end of the day, you know, the the, the team who scores the most goals wins. But it's all about you know, shutting your opponent down. So that's that's the biggest that was the biggest difference where, you know, between, you know, playing locally at Long Island and playing college ball. Yeah. So so um during your your time playing college, is there, is there a certain um training session? I don't really like to use the word drill, but a a some kind of a a typical session that you would that you would do that you felt that helped the team? Um, for me, um, I'm a big fan of, I guess, I, I'm, well, I'm not a big fan of fitness. That's that's my number one thing. I hate fitness. And that's all, that's what most college soccer is. I guess, they, you know, the American way is they want you to get fit. You know, they want you to be the fittest person on the pitch so you can play on 90 minutes, which is fine. But what I, I like the most, I, I like to have the ball on my feet. So, um, I guess, you know, what well, my favorite thing is, you know, to my favorite, you know, practice was, you know, either possession or, or rondo. Like those little things, you know, either you make, you know, you do like a good like four or five passes in a row, you know, you get you get a connection between your players, you know, you, you start to see the tendencies, you start to see, you know, what's going on. So th- that's, I guess, what, you know. So you would do rondos in, in these college sessions? Yeah, so we would do that as a warm-up. So before, if any, you know, the coaches are really like to tell you, you know, we're old enough to figure out, you know, if you're there, you're not going to stand around and wait. You, you just get a ball and just, if you get three of you guys, just do two V1s or you do three V1s or whatever. Was that, there that, a, that, 
was there a lot of work on on team shape? Yeah, so we focus a lot on, on our defensive team shape. So, um, you know, if the ball's on the right side, you know, you got to know where to, where to slide over. The ball switches over to the left, you know where to slide over. You know, it's it's it depends on what you want, what we were playing. If we were playing a four three three, we were playing a, a four four two. You know, if we were playing a four, you know, two three one, you got to know when to slide back and when you know when you could cheat, when you could rec- when you have to recover, stuff like that. Yeah, the reason I ask is because I've um, even with my sessions, I've done a lot of four v ones, three v ones, four v twos even up to like 5v2s, similar kind of things. Um, but now I've, I always now trying to add that whether there's a target or whether there's a goal or maybe trying to involve neutral players, just really trying to... Um, I try my best to make sure that my my rondos then don't turn into... And I never... I, I grew up just calling it... It was just keep away. Uh, maybe there is a difference... But um, I really wanted to make sure that it didn't turn into like a monkey in the middle kind of game. So I obviously expect a college level to be to be a lot more higher. But that is um, still good to hear that you're, um, you know, that you're working on, you know, technical and tactical. Even though I know you said fitness was was a major part of of the, you know, of college soccer. So while you were playing college soccer, I know that you were. That's how. I, I got to know you. You were come to coach with 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 me at Hewlett Lawrence, especially. You know, we worked a lot with those intramural younger ages, preparing them for for travel soccer. Can you explain a little bit how how you got in, or how that was for you, getting involved with with younger kids and playing college soccer at the same time? Um. Well. You know, before I, I started uh, coaching with the intramural program with you at Hewlett, I really didn't have much coaching experience. You know, I, I think I did one, you know, soccer camp for a week for just a buddy of mine, him out, and I think I, I did like a few sessions in the city with a, a club team that um, that one of my assistant coaches coached for. He just asked me to just tag along. But, um, you know, I got to see, you know, the difference because, you know, as a player and as a coach, it's very, you know, it's very different. You know, you have to be able to explain to the kids, you know, why, you know, how, you know, why you do this, you know, why you do that. The kids just, and the, sometimes the kids really don't see it. So, you know, that, that was a, that was a big thing for me. I had to try to understand certain, certain ways to, to teach kids, you know, cause um, before that I really didn't have any experience, you know, working with kids. I would just, you know, I would just go and play. Yeah, but I, th- I know, I know. Uh, this is funny. I wanted to bring this up. I do remember my contact was with you. Was I had contacted the like the local pickup group, and you, you know, were looking to, if anyone was looking to get involved with with the program, and you were one of the one of the players that had responded. Obviously, I knew that you um, you knew Kelvin. That's probably how I got to know. You know David and and some of the and Kevin, some of the other guys. So I do like that that you'd mentioned before about really going to play kind of like a pickup game at Chelsea Piers with the college captain. Kind of mm-hmm. got your foot in the door 
with the college team. You'd mentioned that with Brian Metz just inviting you down to come and play um, when you were playing club soccer. And then now I was able to find, you know, a good coach from contacting a pickup soccer group. So for the, we always hear these stories about there isn't enough um, kids playing pickup soccer, yet there's, uh, there's three, three different, you know, pickup environments where, you know, it really helped you out. You've gone from, you know, playing on a relatively strong local club team to getting your foot in the door with a college team and then kind of like the start of your of your coaching career in a way. When you were coaching with me, I know that you did the 4v4 diploma. I'm not sure if it was still called the 4v4 diploma, but it was the entry-level Long Island Junior coaching certificate. Could you talk a little bit about about that and how that helped you with your training sessions with the younger players? So, yeah, I took that out in, um, in Long Island. I took that out in Soccer Park, the 44. Um, you know, that gave me uh, – it was uh, it was good because it, it gave me a better understanding of you know how kids are thinking you know when they show up to the field it's not you know not what I think you know where I want to try to better myself they just want to go have fun but you know they don't really understand that they're having fun and they're learning a skill and they're learning a sport they're learning you know like different maneuvers so you know they you know that that lesson taught me you know uh, you know that that was the foundation of of me understanding of, you know, how kids think, you know, um, how you could approach kids, how you could teach kids, uh, you know, the lesson plan, because you don't want to be able, you don't want to talk too much where you bore the kids or you don't want to, you know, keep talking to them. You want them to just go out and play, but, you know, have fun, but also, you know, understand the lesson that you teach them at that moment. Yeah. One thing I remember when, um, when I told you about that course, it, and really <laughs> I'm kind of like, patting myself on the back here it, it really meant a lot when you'd said to me you went oh yeah they did a lot of stuff like what you do paul and that for me uh, that made me feel feel good and then it also meant that um i never had to worry i could just you know give you a group and I, I know that i know that you're like your um your bayern munichs and your real madrids and your barcelonas and it was easy for me to say Oh yeah, just um, we're going to play some kind of keep away rondo game as a warm up, or we're going to we're going to attempt to teach them to to build out the back, similar to a Bayern Munich or a Barcelona or a Real Madrid, and and like you'd said before about you love the ball at your feet, you um, probably similar to me, not a huge fan of of fitness, but you do all the work with with the ball and have these kids move with the ball and they get there, they can get an element of fitness from that. So I, it all really came together and I, and seemed to, to work for both of us. Is there any kind of games or again, I hate to use the word drills, but drills games that were, that you took from those four V four games or that you still use today? Yeah, I, I use uh, I use quite a, be a few, but um, 
I don't really use the names they use, you know, because I like to, because every, every group, you know, they, uh, they understand uh, certain things. So the, the kids I, I, uh, I work with now, um, we do, you know, like they love, they love competition. So they love the 2v2s. They love the 1v1s. So, you know, they, they like to go from, you know, they like to go try to score and everything, you know, either, you know, 1v1 or 2v1, they, they want to go straight to goal. So those drills that that they taught me over there, I still use. Yeah, that is um, it's a big thing. Cause that's one thing I've I've mentioned before. I I've always basically because it wasn't drilled into me as a child. I I'll be big on one v ones, um, just because you know you want to try and develop those those players on on the ball. And I also like you said, it's so important that you try and involve goals even if um, any kind of game you can involve a target or a, a goal it, it's just going to keep and competition like you'd mentioned that's that's a big thing that's that's another really good thing to hear so from so from working um with with me with hewlett lawrence um one of the one of the big things was your ability to connect with the Hispanic population in the area. Um, and I know um, we would sometimes joke that um, I was Bobby Robson and you were Jose Mourinho, just because that was a, <laughs> an old English guy with a, 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 you know, a young upcoming coach working in Barcelona. But we were, um, if you could talk about um, those those group of kids and the team that you've been working with in Inwood and how that got started and the the type of players that you're you're working with. Um. So yeah. Um, like, how know, did that come about? How did me getting on Inwood come about? You mean? Yes, the working with the with the mm-hmm. team and then um, setting up the you know, the small clinics with the younger players? So um, I believe it was in the the winter, I think two years ago where, or maybe a year and a half year and some change where um, they, uh, you know, um, from Inwood, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, a, I don't want to say a famous guy, but, uh, you know, a lot of people know me just based on, you know, me playing in these adult men's leagues or me, you know, playing at the high school leagues where people, you know, where the team, they know me because, you know, we had great success. They, they know who I was. They know I was a good player back in the day. So one of the one of the directors of the club, and he was also coaching the team at the time, he just had a kid. So he messaged me. He said, hey, listen, um, do you want to, you know, go meet up, have a coffee, and we just talk about a club, a team that, you know, if you're interested in coaching, you can come along and coach. I said, fine, you know, I'll go out there. I'll, I'll talk to him about it, see what's going on. So we talked, it was like about like two hours. We just, you know, just relating stories. You know, he was, we were just talking about stories, you know, and then told about the team. Uh, he told me, you know, listen, I just had a kid and um, he, 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 he didn't really have a kid on the team. He was just volunteering. He just wanted the kids to play. So he asked me, you know, um, um, you know, are you interested in coaching this team? I said, or I don't want to say yes or no. Let me let me go see you know the kids. Let me go see a training session, and then I'll I'll give you my decision. Okay. So 
So I think the next week he had training at an indoor facility in uh, in Inwood. I showed up, you know, everything. I was just, you know, no one really knew where I was. I just sit in the corner just watching them. They had a good group. It was about, at the time, it was probably about nine kids, which is probably a good amount for, you know, for an, a 10-year-old team that are coaching off-season indoor practice at, one, like, you know, 1, one or 2 p.m. on a Saturday. Uh, so he came up to me, asked me if I was interested. I was like, we'll keep, we'll keep in touch because I wasn't sure if I, if I would be fully committed because I know that, um, you know, uh, that I was still going to probably work with you in the spring. And that I was, you know, still working, so I wasn't sure of my work schedule. So I ended up taking. I he he ended up, you know, asking me and asking me, and uh, you know, I said, yeah, sure, why not? So, you know, I was kind of nervous because I I haven't I've never been a head coach for a travel team, even though they were young. You know, I really had too much experience. But little by little, you know, um, I started getting more confidence. I know that uh, I talked to you a little bit about, you know about some things and, you know, you've helped me, you know, get through some things, you know, for my little chats. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, and then the club Inwood only has about, I believe, four or five teams. It's uh, the, the age groups are a little scattered. You know, I think I have one. I think I have the youngest travel team right now, the U11. Um, and then I think the next up is U12 and then you have U14 and U16 and that's it. And I think one girls team. So it's, it's, a, it's a relatively small club, but... I think the only the only uh, big problem we have is just that we don't have enough people that that know that there's a travel team in Inwood. So little by little, um, you know, I'm coaching the U U10 team at the time. Um, you know, a couple parents come up to me and say, "Hey, we have kids that are like, you know, are four or five years old. You know, are you do you coach four or five years old?" I was like, "Yeah, if you like, if you know, if you give me maybe eight kids, I'll come out and I'll and I'll do a session with them and see if they like it." And then I remember the first session I had, I had about five kids show up in like a summer uh, Saturday morning just to see the numbers. So we, I started doing that. It was like clinics. And then little by little, you know, now, you know, more, more people are starting to, to know. More people are, are giving. Before this whole corona, people were calling me, asking me, is this Coach Oscar? I want to sign up my kid. Oh, how was your kid? Six, five, you know. Little by little on my list that I have people calling me ahead about now I have about a year and a half later, I have about 30, 35 kids that that want to do soccer clinics from the age of four to six. So I, um, a lot of these kids, do their parents speak English? Um, majority of the parents, yes, majority. Um, I have a couple parents that, that speak only Spanish, so... Uh, the only reason I ask is because I know from um, from from my program, I know that you and David and Kelvin, for that matter, have helped me when we've had I've had players come to um, to talk to me, and it might be like the oldest daughter that has had to translate or help, and then it it's just there's just been a breakdown. Um, so the reason I ask is. Just with being bilingual, that must be like a huge benefit that you're able, you know, to work with the the community. And I know you joked about being like um, a local hero, but <laughs> again, they see, you know, um, they see a player that, you know, did well at school, went to college, played in college, is still playing in the local leagues, and is now, you know, it's 
it's coaching this you know they see a successful person they do see you know you know it's just going to attract people so you know that was it, it's really good that you are able then to you know to help that community thrive and that's one of the main reasons i wanted wanted to to talk to you obviously at first i was a little upset it was like oh man oscar's like i you know he's um you know he's, he's moving on um but the fact that you're able to you know to give the these young players you know an opportunity to play and the fact that you've you know you've you've done the, the diplomas and the licenses to so you can you know give them a, a better playing experience as well that's a a really you know really good to see so from coaching these players i, I know um it's funny because i'd seen just through maybe i can't remember how i'd seen the picture somebody may have just posted it online and i saw that you were in the classroom at chaminade doing mm-hmm. a d license and i thought um you tell me about how you got or why you wanted to do that and how you got involved with doing that D license? Um, you know, I got involved just because, um, um, you know, I believe that with my, you know, my experience playing college ball and playing at, you know, at a high competitive league at a young age, you know, um, and, you know, getting these licenses, it could probably help me out in the future if I wanted to become, you know, if I wanted to move up the ranks in coaching. You know, I'm still, uh, you know, I'm 24 years old. You know, not too many 24-year-olds can say that they played college soccer and, you know, and they're a head coach and starting, you know, small age clinics for, for club teams or for even any any place. So uh, I'm tr- I was trying to uh, move up and I saw they had an opening. So I kind of, you know, I, you know, I put my deposit down, you know, I went down to the classroom just to to get a better understanding because I also, you know, I get a, I get a group of kids to just play pickup, you know, and call them a team, but I also want to understand, you know, concepts and, and learnings and, you know, how to, how to talk to kids better and how to improve them and improve myself as a coach. So that's probably one of the main reasons why I wanted to go out to this, you know, course just to, you know, get a better understanding and better, better myself to help, you know, any, any players that come along. So what kind of a, could you talk a little bit about the D license? Because I know um, there have been a lot of a lot of changes recently. It's more like um, it it's spread out over the season. Mm-hmm. Is that right? So you're doing a lot of like hands-on work with your team, and then there's what several meetings. Um, I believe that's that's. I think that's for the C license, Paul. I think the so um. So when I went out, I went out to do, I did an 11 v 11 course and then I did a 9 v 9 course. So that, that helped me out. So that allows me to apply for the, for the C license. But I believe the C license is a, a full year course where, you know, they give you tasks and you have to record yourself and everything like that. So I was hoping to do that for, for this season, but you know, with the whole Corona thing, right, right. it's pretty hard, but um, I believe the, the instructor, I forgot the instructor's name. But I believe you you uh you worked for the instructor. Uh... Is it for Tim Bradbury? Yes. It's funny you say that because um, Tim has come up um, a lot in in the podcast, basically because if all the people that I have interviewed have had an impact on on my coaching career, and 
so it you know it, it goes full circle so mm-hmm. yes with with working for tim we've we've learning a lot of my methods from tim it is good to see then that um someone like you that has worked you know worked together we've worked together that you can now experience some of um you know tim's methods and just like i had i had done you know previously mm-hmm. no yeah but he, he's a good guy he's a he's a very good instructor um um you know he uh um he he gave me you know he, he changed my mind based on on coaching you know at first i just thought all right well i'm just gonna give these kids you know uh a ball put some cones down have them go through dribble around cones and then tell them listen uh you line up this way and then you try to score and then if you score more you win but you know taking that course he 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 really changed the way i started coaching i had to change my whole method and you know i really appreciate you know taking that course and everything he just put a better understanding of my mind i mean i'm still i'm still learning i'm still trying to um even go online and google or even facebook you know following these pages where you know it's like a, a minute and a half clip you know, they're just teaching you, you know, little things. So I'm still learning. Hopefully I get my C license soon. So that way, you know, maybe one day I'll be a professional coach, hopefully. Is there one thing uh, you said he, um, that on the D license, it, it changed the way you coach? Is there one thing that springs to mind? One thing that stood out to you that, that made you want to change the way that you thought about the game? Um. I guess just overall, you know, they just they gave me a better understanding of, you know, of kids' mindsets, of how kids think of, you know, from the minute you step on the pitch, even though practice starts at 630. And if you get there at, you know, at six, you know, 615, you know, practice starts as soon as you touch the pitch. So that was that was a big that was a big my thing, because um, if I said practice started at six for the club and I do now. You know, I'm getting there at 5:30. You know, just visualizing myself. You know, where am I gonna have distro? What What am I gonna do here? You know, how am I gonna transition this to that? So that was a big thing that it told me. Well, that's it. It's really good to to see that you you know you've taken that initiative to to work with your your local community and to to pay for yourself to to go through this course. And I know I was slightly able to help you out. Uh, with the 4v4 but now you're on your now you're like you know you've got your own team you've got your own group you're working with your local community it's good to see that you um that you took that initiative to to want to take that course that brings me to as well um and i know a, a big part of, of this is have you been helping the lawrence and the inwood community well what also has intrigued me is that you are a volunteer firefighter could you just um i know this may not be soccer related but if you could you know it is it is teamwork and it's helping people so if you could just give it a little bit tell us a little bit how you got involved in that um so i got involved um about you know a little over a year maybe a year and a half ago um so I have a couple of buddies of mine that worked in the summer at a beach club. You know, they always kept, you know, you're allowed to join the firehouse when you're 18. You know, you're allowed to be a volunteer firefighter when you're 18. But, um, you know, at that time, 
I was too busy with school and I was too busy with, you know, college soccer. That was my focus. So, um, so fast forward now, you know, four or five years ago, I'm just working full time, you know, and I'm trying to um, do as much as I can, you know, for my community, you know, if it's coaching or, or whatever. Um, you know, I looked into trying to be a firefighter just because, you know, I live a block away from the firehouse and it's something, you know, interesting, you know, something different. So I put in my application and, you know, I went through, you know, the physical and everything. Um, and then I got accepted to be a firefighter there. And then, you know, I'm learning new, new tactics. I'm learning, you know, survivor skills. Like, you know, if, if there's a fire or any incident and, you know, and you're not alone on the ground, you're, you're, you're with a, a group of guys that, you have to put your trust in and everything. And uh, it's fun. I don't want to say it's too fun because it's dangerous, but, right. you know, I, I, I love it. I love uh, trying to help my community as best as I can. Um, but there must be some, qual- um, you know, some qualities. Like, you know, you, you just mentioned there about trust. You know, just like you're at, you know, if you're playing in central defense for your, for your team, you're playing in center midfield, then there's got to be a, an element in in of trust in your partner. There must be some of your soccer skills and qualities that must be transferred into the firefighting. Yeah. So, um, you know, comparing the, from me playing on the on the on the field and being a firefighter, um, communication is a big thing. You know, when I when I was playing soccer, I was I was the center back, so I would never keep quiet on the field. Everyone used to hate me. Even uh, even my old coach Brian Messi's hating because I, I would over talk him just by you know telling people where to move, where to go, you know watch him, watch that. Uh, so you know you know having experience talking on the field, bringing that to to firefighter, you know you got to be able to to talk to your partners, talk to people beside you to let them know what's going on and everything if they don't see something. Well, it's amazing that you've got the. You've got the time to be able to further your soccer career as a coach by going on these coaching courses, volunteering with the local community as a firefighter, helping these young young players, giving them an opportunity to, to play soccer. But one thing that I also like about you, Oscar, is that many players after college, they will stop playing. But you have, you continued to play, especially in the indoor futsal leagues. I, I do want to talk a little bit about that. I remember when I came to watch um, watch you and, and probably uh, Carlos and his brother play at the community centre. And like I think I might have even had to park on the street. There were so many people watching. It was like, a, it was like a, a big thing. It was a pee on the door. It kind of looked like there was a concert going on. There were so many people people there watching and the level of play is you know really high level of play could you talk a little bit about those indoor games and those tournaments that you play yeah so um i started playing in not just indoor but um also outdoor leagues for the men's leagues out in you know a couple leagues if it's not you know here in inwood it's probably out in the Rockaways or out in Queens or out in Brooklyn. But I started playing when I was, uh, you know, maybe 19, 20. You know, people started getting my contact information to go out and play for them. Um, It's a real, you know, different experience because you go from, you know, playing 
uh, at a local league where, you know, where you teach parents, you know, all right, you know, you can't scream at your kids or, you know, you just show up and play it and you handshake. You go from that to playing college where it's more competitive and then you go from playing these adult leagues where, you know, these guys grew up playing in their home country in either Central America, you know, Europe or even South America where it's, it's do or die. If you if you do something, if you embarrass them with a, with a move or, you know, you get around them or you score a goal, you know, it's either, you know, you better take it easier or else I'll, watch, you know, I'll walk you to your car, you know. It's, but it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good, you know, it's a, it's a fun experience. I know I brought you there and you were you were in the back and everything it was a crowded night, but that's that's an every Friday, Saturday or Sunday night thing. You know, everyone looks forward to to going to play or going to watch. You know, that's like everyone's league. If you if you you know if you've been there, you know that's like your your La Liga. You know, that's like your EPL where you look forward. You know, the schedule comes out Tuesday night and then you're like, oh, these two teams are playing. I have to be there to watch it. You know. Yeah. Well, it's. Also, um, you know, being on a lot of those games, being on rock hard court services or just dry, dry fields, it, it, you know, it's a fast paced game. You having to be able to to control the ball, and like you said there about the do or die. I'm just, when working with we're working with young young players, we don't want to put them in. Um, really a hostile environment where we feel that they may get hurt but you want to be a professional you want to play at top college level it it is going to be it is that level of there is that tenacity because that person next to you or that person on the opposite team they they really want to win and um you know that can help you i suppose like you said do or die it's the um it's probably a um somewhat of a, a motto that you must have to take as well into the firefighting but also into uh into the workforce of of, of working in in new york city it's just thought that work ethic um it, it's just really strong qualities and it, it's really good to see that um you're also again bringing the community together there's a, a lot of a lot of people in there i remember when i walked in there um somewhat as a, as an outsider and I was probably a little uncomfortable, but then once people knew that I I knew you and the other guys, then you know it was a lot a lot more welcoming. And because it it was and it had that you know that community feel. And like I said, it I felt like I was going to you know a local concert. Everyone was there. So that's um, you know sometimes I find that that gets missed from from soccer in the U.S. People don't realize that there are um, people that you know really want to get behind the local community really want to try and and support you know support the growth of the game what I would what I was what I've also really liked is and this was um, unfortunately before the the coronavirus um, I was had you all set up to come back and 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 coach one of the the Hewlett Lawrence teams, and that's one of, uh, I was really looking forward to it just because it's like a, you know a full circle of of you playing for the club and then being able to try and you know coach for the team and bring those qualities as well that you've brought to the local community um, to my club. So Oscar, really appreciate your time. Um, 
and your insight into the game. Thank you for talking to me, and um, hopefully we'll get to it back on the field together sooner rather than later. Yeah, thank you, Paul. Hopefully, get back. Hopefully, this all you know passes over where we'll be on the pitch. But I want to thank you for inviting me to be on your podcast, and I hope you and your family well. Thanks, Oscar. Bye. As always, it was a great pleasure to talk to Oscar today. Oscar is a true role model for his local community, and it's great to see that a, that young players he has worked with have aspirations to follow in his footsteps. It is also good to see that Oscar is still an active soccer player and his love of just playing the game. Oscar got his club soccer opportunities and his foot in the door with a new college coach, all because of playing pickup soccer. It was in fact a Facebook pickup soccer group where I came across Oscar and hired him to be a coach at my club. Oscar has been able to continue his education by working his way up to the USSF coaching D license as he continuously seeks to improve his understanding of the game. Although it was sad when Oscar left Hewlett-Lawrence to start his own coaching venture, it was gratifying that he was able to give his hometown and the Hispanic community the coaching structure that they much desire. That being said, it was heartwarming to welcome Oscar back to my club as a travel soccer coach earlier this year. I hope this podcast serves as motivation and inspiration to all young Hispanic and Latino soccer players and coaches. Although opportunities may be limited, they are out there, whether that is with club, college or coaching. The cream will always rise to the top. Thank you for listening to the PK Soccer Podcast. Don't forget that you can follow me on Twitter at Paul Kelshaw, Instagram at Paul Kelshaw, like my Facebook page at PK Soccer Inc. or send an email, paulkelshaw at pksoccer.org. I would also be grateful if you could give the podcast a review and a rating and share with your fellow coaches and friends. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.